On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, 10 storylines to watch out for heading into the second full scrimmage of Texas Longhorns spring practices taking place on Saturday, April 16th. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Ten storylines to watch out for heading into the second full scrimmage of Texas Longhorns spring practices. I've placed them in order of importance. And the most important storyline for me heading into the second full scrimmage is the pass rush. Most people would think that the two biggest question marks for this Texas Longhorns football team heading into the season are the offensive line and the pass rush. But I think there's a lot of things you can do scheme wise and play calling wise to protect your offensive line at times, whether that's max protection with two man routes down the field, short routes, whether that's throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage, screen passes or stop routes, hitch routes uh, to where your offensive line doesn't have to pass protect as long. Also, something they've been working on a lot in spring practices, play action passes and RPOs, giving the defense and the pass rush the threat of the running back getting the ball um, and then making plays in the passing game outside of that, but just kind of freezing that pass rush, making them think a little bit and then being able to execute on the offensive end while that pass rush is hesitating. But as far as the pass rush for the Longhorns on the defensive end, nothing works on the defense without a consistent pass rush, regardless of how well your defensive backs are able to cover on the back end and regardless of how well your linebackers are able to cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. And we've consistently heard throughout spring practices that this pass rush is still a work in progress. I think they have some really good players on the edge, but they don't have a dominant player just yet. They have some players that could be dominant in due time, but nobody they can count on right now in the ways that this Texas Longhorns football team used to count on Joseph Asai, uh, in which offenses would have to shift protection towards him. And he was just a beast on that defensive line. It could get you a sack in the most critical moments, uh, put pressure on the quarterback, speed up the quarterback's decision-making, and just kind of wreck the offensive game plan. We don't kind of have that right now, um, in my opinion, on the edge. I know a lot of people have said when O'Shawn Mathis gets here, but at this point he's not in the burnt orange and white, and so it's not a foregone conclusion, especially when Nebraska's making a really strong push for him to transfer from TCU to the University of Nebraska. And so I think that this pass rush is going to have to continue to be uh, a work in progress. But I want to hear out of the full scrimmage on Saturday, April 16th, that the pass rush looked really good and was able to put some pressure on the quarterback and disrupt things. Um, because the more you know resources that you have to allocate to the pass rush, the less resources you have on the back end to cover. And if this pass rush can't get it together, it could be the Achilles heel of this football team. And once again, offenses can just continue to move the ball eat up clock, move the ball down the field, and score on this defense if they can't get a consistent pass rush. The second most important storyline for me heading into the second full scrimmage are the quarterbacks. We saw that Quinn Ewers in the first full scrimmage dominated, made a lot of plays. We saw on the Texas football Twitter, whether it was the touchdown pass he had to Xavier Worthy, they posted that. The touchdown pass he had to Jordan Whittington, they posted that. But we also heard about some other plays he made as well. And really, he was just the talk of the town. But Sark came out and said both quarterbacks played well. Both completed over 70% of their passes, looked really poised in the pocket, and made some really good plays, executed well on offense. So I'm looking for one of three things to happen in the second full scrimmage. Does Quinn Ewers go out and dominate again? 
in a way that he did in the first scrimmage. And we saw as a result of the way that he played in the first scrimmage, he was able to get more first in line reps over the last couple of spring practices this week. He was already getting some reps with the first team, mostly with the second team. But this week after Saturday's performance in the first full scrimmage, we saw him in certain drills going out on the field before Hudson Card at times. So will he dominate in Saturday's second full scrimmage and build off of the performance he had in the first one? Will both quarterbacks be even? and we not really be able to tell who dominated and both quarterbacks just play really well? Or does Hudson Card dominate in the second full scrimmage similar to ways that Quinn Ewers dominated in the first full scrimmage? And does Hudson Card put himself in a position to put himself back in the lead for this quarterback competition heading into the spring game next Saturday? So I want to see how the quarterbacks respond to last Saturday's full scrimmage and how they perform in the second full scrimmage on April 16th. My third most important storyline heading into spring practices is this offensive line and the run game. We've heard thus far that the run game has not been a strong suit for this football team in spring practices. And I've talked about you can either look at it from a glass half full or glass half empty perspective. The glass half full perspective is that the defensive line has been really good in stuffing the run. Linebackers have been more aggressive in their pursuit, shedding blocks, filling gaps, and being able to stop the run against one of the best running back rooms, one of the best running back rooms in the country, if not the best running back room with playmakers like Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and Keelan Robinson. Or you can look at it from a glass half empty perspective and say that it's a struggling offensive line. The defensive line isn't doing anything that any other defensive line wouldn't be able to do against this offensive line. And this is something that they're going to deal with all year. And so I think that it's important for the offensive line to set the tone, dominate in the trenches and allow these running backs uh, to have some open holes to run through, be able to get to the second level and do what they do best, which is make people miss, um, use their home run ability to take plays to the house. You know, we don't want to see, uh, you know, a lot of congestion at, at the line of scrimmage or our running backs having to break tackles or getting tackled in the backfield. We want to see the offensive line being able to dominate once again, create holes and make it easier on our running backs. Right. Get them to the second level and to where they can make one man miss. Um, and like I said, use that home run ability to take it to the crib. So uh, we've seen thus far that the defensive line has definitely been more dominant in the run game than the offensive line has on that side in the trenches. And once again, whether it's glass half full and the defensive line has truly improved on our run defense or it's glass half empty and our offensive line just hasn't looked great. And this is going to be something that they're going to struggle with all year. I want to see out of Saturday's full scrimmage on April 16th, that this run game got back to form and the offensive line was able to win the day in the trenches against the defense in terms of the run game. Hungry? Try Built Bar, especially the Puffs. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are all so good and are going to be your new favorite. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The fourth most important storyline for me heading into spring practices this Saturday's full scrimmage, the second full scrimmage on Saturday, April 16th, is how they continue to use the tight ends and what comes out of that room 
We've seen a lot with JT Sanders. He's been in line um, with the offensive line, while Jaleel Billingsley has been kind of flexed out in times in the slot or with both tight ends um, on the field. Um, just kind of flexed out a little bit, and, and they've used him a lot to create mismatches uh, against linebackers and safeties. I think a lot of times you're going to have to put a, a safety or, or possibly even your nickel corner on him uh, because they talked about how he just plays and moves like a big wide receiver. And if you consistently put linebackers on him or Jordan Whittington, they're both going to eat you up in the middle um, over the field and over the middle of the field and in the middle of that defense. And so that's something that you can't continuously do. So we're going to see how they use Jaleel Billingsley. If he continues to be one of the superstars of spring practices and dominates, you know, over the middle flexed out. And then also how they use JT Sanders um, as an inline blocker. And then the pass routes that he comes out of um, off of play action, RPOs and different things of that nature. So the fourth most important storyline is that both tight ends have looked really good thus far in spring practices and bring a different dynamic to this offense that we've seen in a while. Two really talented pass catchers who are explosive and very athletic. So how they continue to use them and um, they continue to use Jaleel Billingsley as a really big wide receiver and the mismatches you can create with him. And then also how they scheme up different ways to get JT Sanders open in the middle of the field and then also down the field on the sidelines as well. Fifth most important storyline heading into the second full scrimmage for me is the play of Deshaun Jamison, especially uh, with the suspension of Jalen Gilbo. I think that Deshaun Jamison right now is probably the heavy favorite to start at outside corner on the other side of Ryan Watts. Earlier in spring practices, he was described as playing up and down. But since the suspension of Jalen Gilbo, Deshaun Jamison has been described as playing really well. He's probably our best playmaking corner as being able to get his hands on the ball. And we know uh, what he can do just from seeing him, uh, you know, when he catches a pick, but also his playmaking ability in the punt return and kick return game, that anytime he gets his hand on the ball, he's a threat to take it to the house. But the most important thing is improved coverage skills from last year. And it looks like over the last couple of spring practices, that's something that he's been able to really hone in on and, and focus on. And he's improved in that department. But I think on Saturday's full scrimmage, I want to hear that Deshaun Jamison was dominant in spring practices. I don't want to hear up and down. I don't want to hear he made plays at times. I want to hear that he was tough to throw on and he gave the offense fits whenever they tried to throw his way. So the fifth most important storyline for me heading into the second full scrimmage is the play of Deshaun Jamison. The sixth and seventh most important storylines heading into the second full scrimmage are kind of combined them are both on the receiver front. So if you haven't heard yet, Former Alabama receiver who is currently in the transfer portal, Ajay Hall, will be at the 40 Acres this weekend visiting the University of Texas, and he will be at the scrimmage, presumably. And so the sixth storyline for me is, I think right now, the top three are set as far as Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nair, and Jordan Winnington. And so how do the wide receivers behind them play knowing that this Texas football team has shown interest in Ajay Hall and he is on campus. So I'm looking at Marcus Washington and Casey Kane. How do they go out there and perform in the second full scrimmage, knowing that their wide receiver four spot could be on the line if Ajay Hall ultimately makes the decision to come to the University of Texas and Texas makes the decision to bring him on as a transfer? So do we see them play with some fire, play with some extra motivation? Do they go out there and try to dominate? Do they go out there and make some plays um, we know that Casey Kane has looked really good in spring practices thus far. I think Marcus Washington has looked good over the last couple of spring practices. So do they go out there and play with a chip on their shoulder? Do they go out there and say, we don't need a Ajay Hall. We got a really good receiver room already, and we're looking to contribute to that on the field this year. And so 
Um, how do they play in the second full scrimmage, knowing that Ajay Hall is going to be there? And if they bring him on, he's likely going to take one of their spots. Whoever was poised to be the wide receiver four probably instantly becomes wide receiver five if Ajay Hall is brought on by this Texas football team. On the second front, the seventh storyline I'm looking for heading into spring practices or the second full scrimmage on Saturday, April 16th, is Xavier Worthy. We've heard really good things out of the receiver room, and Xavier Worthy has made plays, but we've heard that Jordan Whittington has been the best receiver on the field throughout all of the spring practices, and they're really excited about what he's able to do. And then also Isaiah Nair has come over, and originally what we thought was he would be able to take you know, coverage away from Xavier Worthy. He would come in and help Xavier Worthy out, which he's still able to do. But he's come in and, and kind of became a 1B to Xavier Worthy's 1A. And so what we haven't heard really out of any spring practices is Xavier Worthy was the best player on the field. He dominated. And I know that we have so many options in the past game, but I think most people heading into the season still thought that this passing offense would be based around Xavier Worthy's speed, his playmaking ability, and getting the ball to him, a player that almost had 1,000 yards last year, should be able to get 1,000 yards this year. But once again, we just have not heard out of any spring practices yet that Xavier Worthy was the best player on the field. He's had a great spring practice, but he hasn't dominated in any spring practices yet like we've heard other players as Jordan Winnington, Jaleel Billingsley, and JT Sanders at times. So I want Xavier Worthy to go out there and dominate in the second full scrimmage, be the best receiver on the field, be the best player on the field. And I hope he goes out there and plays with a chip on his shoulder as well. In the 2021 class, Ajay Hall was rated higher than Xavier Worthy. And so now they're looking to bring in Ajay Hall to add to this wide receiver room that's already really good. I want Xavier Worthy to take that personally. And I want him to go out there, dominate, in Saturday's full scrimmage and be the best offensive player on the field and maybe remind this coaching staff why they may not need a playmaker like Ajay Hall in a room full of playmakers that they already have at the 40 acres. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, the eighth storyline heading into the second full scrimmage on Saturday, April 16th is the battle at left tackle or what seems to be like a battle thus far. Now, from sources are saying that they still believe that Andre Carriage is their best option at left tackle. And Christian Jones right now is probably still their best option at right tackle. But there's a reason that Hayden Connor has been primarily getting the majority of the first team reps and started in the scrimmage last Saturday at left tackle and so I think that they're really interested in seeing what they have there I think that they know that they have the flexibility with Hayden Connor to either play him at left tackle or guard and I think that he will be one of the starters on this offensive line going into the season but like I said there's a reason that they're putting him out there at left tackle with the first team and starting him in the first full scrimmage and so it'll be interesting to see how that battle um, takes place moving forward will Andre Carriage be able uh, to take a stranglehold back on that left tackle position at least until the six offensive linemen come over the summer or does Hayden Connor continue to do some really good things at left tackle and do they decide that they would like to have him at left tackle rather than at the guard position and so uh, once again I think that they still believe that Andre Carriage is their best option at left tackle but they're experimenting for a reason 
And I think as spring practices, um, you know, continue to round out here, we have the spring game and then we hear things over the summer when the sixth offensive line uh, may come over. I, I think that this is more something than nothing. The fact that Hayden Connor has been getting a lot of work at left tackle. So how does that battle shake up moving forward? Ninth storyline going into spring practices. This is um, affected by the suspension of Jalen Gilbo. But we've heard that Jameer Johnson has been a playmaker uh, in that first full scrimmage and in spring practices lately. Um, a really talented corner out of the 2021 class that can make a lot of plays. He's been all around the ball, having a lot of pass deflections, um, just making plays on that back end, really impressing um, the defenses and, and the defensive back coaches, Pete Krakowski, just everybody on the defense, somebody that they think they really can count on um, this season on the back end. And I know that he's gotten more opportunity um, like everybody in the defensive backfield because of Jalen Gilbo's suspension. So uh, does Jameer Johnson kind of come in and use this opportunity to secure uh, some playing time this season, or is he kind of a placeholder until Jalen Gilbo is able to return to the team? So my ninth storyline is how Jameer Johnson plays in the second full scrimmage. And then my 10th storyline from 10th and last storyline heading into the second full scrimmage are recruitments. We know that there's going to be a lot of potential uh, recruits and, and commits uh, on the 40 acres this weekend. And at this point, Texas only has three commits in their 2023 class. We've seen Texas A&M over the last week have three commitments. And so uh, we know that there's a lot of uh, prospects that uh, have Texas in their top schools. They like what they're seeing at the University of Texas. But until they commit, you know, until they decide to come to the 40 acres, that's all just perspective at this point. And so we saw um, a couple of Saturdays ago when they had, you know, not the full scrimmage, uh, but they were able to scrimmage. They had a lot of prospects on campus. And that's when Samaj Burrow committed. And so will they be able to impress uh, a, a prospect enough over the weekend to commit and, and add the fourth commitment to this 2023 recruiting class that right now, although they've brought in some good defensive prospects, once again, there's only three commitments uh, right now in this Texas recruiting class. And so it's looking a little shaky. I, I know that they're waiting on Arch Manning and some other prospects. And I know ultimately they think um, that this recruiting class will be a really good one and they're taking their time being patient. But like I said, Texas A&M had three commitments over the last week. Texas has three total. So you want to see them make some moves this weekend, really impress some recruits and see you know, if you're going hard in, in that second full scrimmage and, and the families and the players and the high school coaches like what they see, maybe you can impress a recruit enough to commit over the weekend and add to what hopefully is a dominant 2023 recruiting class for this Texas Longhorns football team. Thank you for tuning in to a Friday edition of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, Longhorn Nation, peace.